So we get another week in God's Word as we continue our daily Bible reading on this Monday. We're in Exodus chapter 19. Uh, it's kind of interesting because the very first verse talks about the Exodus again. This is a book about exiting, um, and it's uh, in particular about, um, on the surface at least, exiting out of the land of slavery and of uh, certain death for them and and meaningless service and and all of that, that 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 meant. But obviously, it's pointing towards a greater exodus, that exodus that Jesus Christ takes us through, exiting out of the power of sin and death and Satan in our lives, and he being he being our exodus um, for life, for eternity. This uh, this slavery that children of Israel brought out of in Egypt was a temporary slavery, and even their freedom was a temporary freedom too. One day they were going to die. Uh, they were on their way to the promised land, but we, like them, are exiting this this earth too, and we're exiting the power of sin and death and Satan, and we're headed to the promised land of heaven. So note the connections there. But it's just kind of interesting how this Exodus Exodus thing just keeps coming up. It's kind of like Paul saying, you know, we need to die to self and be renewed and live to Christ. We need to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. We heard uh, in the context, at least, for the sermon from today in, Ro- in Romans chapter 12, um, how in, in baptism, in Romans 6, it explains to us uh, that, that we die with Christ and we rise with Christ. Jesus had to exit this world, uh, go to the cross for us, go to hell for us, literally, and then come back and bring us a life that, that we never would have to, uh, to suffer that. So it comes up again, but notice how, how it comes. We've got the children of Israel being brought out of Egypt. God brings them out of there. He gives them food to eat. He gives them manna. He gives them water to drink. Um, and now he brings them to the place where he's going to establish a covenant with them. This relationship of a gr- much greater party with a much lesser party, the greater party doing the powerful things, God bringing them out of Egypt, uh, getting them away from Pharaoh, parting the Red Sea, and the, and the much lesser party, who, whom the greater party says, "I will take care of you, and I will, I will, uh, I will care for you." And, and what he requires of the lesser party in a covenant is to obey him, listen to him, trust him. All those things are important. Uh, Jesus put it this way: "Take up, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me." And we always think of that follow me thing as as being something that's negative, or, or we kind of tend to think of it negative. No, it's a good thing. Look at where we follow him. We follow him. He's ahead of us. He's not behind us. He goes through everything before we ever go through it. Think of it, the 23rd Psalm. He's leading me. He takes me to the valley of the shadow of death. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why? Because he's gone before me. Um, and, and now that, that God has them in this place where he's shown them, and he says, remember how I brought you out of Egypt? Uh, remember that. That's that's important. Um, then, then remember how I fed you. Remember how I gave you something to drink. Now we're going to establish this covenant relationship with you. So it says, verse 2, that Israel encamped before the mountain, and the mountain is Mount Sinai. Remember, God had promised Moses well, far far much earlier when Moses first fled Egypt uh, he said, you're going you're gonna to worship me back on this mountain. And God brought him back there. So that was the key for Moses to know. And Moses, uh, then Moses went up to God. So what you're seeing in this chapter especially is God establishing uh, um, uh, a relationship uh, with levels of authority and, and different roles for every single person. God loves authority because authority is good for us. It, it, it gives us it gives us comfort. It gives us protection. It gives us love. And God established authority from the beginning. But authority always draws its power from that first authority that God set up when He said to, to Adam and Eve, "A man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh." 
and then be fruitful and multiply. All authority comes from the first authority of the authority of parents. That's why when when the family breaks down, when parenting breaks down, when marriage breaks down, um, uh, it it leads uh, uh, governments and it leads societies into chaos. Uh, That's why the family, why marriage in the family is so important and so crucial. Because uh, from that comes comes other authority too. For those of those who memorize Luther's Catechism in the fourth in the fourth commandment, Luther says that we ought to obey our parents and others in authority. I'm a parent, but I also have authority that's over me. Everybody has some authority that's over us, and ultimately, we always have God in authority over us. That's nothing to have to rebel against. When authority works the way that God wants it to, it's a great blessing. I'm glad my mom and dad were in charge when I was growing up. There was no way I could protect myself, feed myself, clothe myself. Um, I'm glad that that authority was there, but with and because with authority comes great responsibility, and every single one of us is a servant. Whether we're an authority figure, they're serving the people, or whether people who are serving those in authority, it's always good. Or us in our relationship with God and service is a, is a good thing. So he says, it reminds him again, verse four, you yourselves have seen, they're always to remember what they've seen, witness that. We always tend to think of witness as, as us telling about it, but first of all, we have to see it. And he says, just remember again and again, and you saw it with your eyes. And notice how the relationship of this greater party of God, how he describes himself, how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. It's not how I how I whipped you into authority and, and showed you how, how mean and merciless I was, no, but how I, I brought you along, along as on eagle's wings. And now look what he says. Now, therefore, verse five, if you will obey my voice, and keep my covenant. So there's the two key things. Obey his voice, obey him, and keep his covenant. In other words, keep the promise that we make when we say to God, we reject Satan. God, we believe in you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he says, then you will be my treasured possession. Now that's that's a phrase that used all throughout scripture. We are God's treasured possession. Can you imagine that? The maker of heaven and earth considers us to be his treasured possession. Wow, what a, what a steadfast love kind of relationship. And he says, among all the peoples of the earth, you will be mine. So what he's talking about is of the Jewish nation, he's going to bring the Messiah through that nation who's going to be a savior for all people. Remember that as we went through through Genesis. And he says, and you shall be to me or for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. In other words, that's our witness to the world. We're to tell, we're to be like priests interceding for our neighbor, interceding for our nation, interceding for our world too as we pray for those who don't know Christ. And we're to be a holy nation and that word holy, if you notice here, I underlined the word consecrate about four or five times uh, in the verses that come after. That means, holy means that we're set apart, we're unique, we're different in our attitude and the way that we live uh, and, and in the peace and hope that we have uh, too. Um, and all the people said, as they should, verse eight, and as we should, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And God keeps insisting, I'm coming to you, I'm coming to you, verse 11, uh, or verse nine, I am coming to you, he says. Um, And what are the people supposed to do? They're supposed to consecrate themselves, set ourselves apart, be different. Uh, Paul put it this way in Romans 12, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your your mind. And so God says, I'm going to show up for you at Mount Sinai. People are going to see it. You're going you're gonna visual, to visualize it in the, verse 16, the thunder, the lightning, the thick cloud. 
Um, and Moses comes up before God and meets God. So Moses is kind of like a Christ figure in a way, in that he intercedes for the people between them and God. We can't come up to God on our own. Um, uh, God came down to us, and Jesus intercedes on our on our behalf for us. And God calls Moses to the top of the mountain, verse 20. Um, he warns the people, he says, you need to treat this sacred and holy, because uh, if you don't, it'll become plain and ordinary, and, and it won't be a blessing to you. So he keeps insisting on that. That's why the limit, uh, that's why the, uh, uh, the, the, the warning for them to don't get close to that mountain. Um, and then he says to, uh, uh, the Lord says to Moses, go down, and now come up, bringing Aaron with you. So remember the role of Aaron, to speak, to be the one, the mouthpiece for Moses, and God meets him there. Now, why is this so important? Well, before God gives the Ten Commandments, he first establishes his relationship with us. I said it in the sermon today. I said, our morality, the way that we live, is, is not just uh, uh, just another religion. No. First of all, we are Christian. We are bought by Christ. We have seen the example of love in Jesus Christ. We love him because he first loved us. We are inspired by that love. We don't love him to make us love it, love him. We love him because he already loves us. And look, the example is here right now. God does all of this for them, and now he's going to give them the, the covenant in the Ten Commandments because he loves them enough that he's setting a boundary for them that they might be at peace with God and with each other. That's Monday, my friends. Let's get in the Word.